anxiety because it's a critical must? You mean it's one of those critical musts that'll actually precede the return of the Lord? And are you actually saying anxiety can be dumped? Dude, internet memes are everywhere on my computer. And the 24-hour news cycles are about to send me to the loony bin. Are you kidding me? Am I supposed to take a chill pill and anxiety just fades and all will be good? <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. Let me assure you, a chill pill will not cut it. So let's head to... Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Uh, there's a bit more to this persistent agitation, angst, and edginess that nearly always arises in a coming crisis. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Paul says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, and then there's verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, I want to give you a little blueprint here to get you started. I'm going to share it here on the front end, and I'm going to repeat it at the end. Here we go. You do verse 6, dump the anxiety, and you'll have verse 7, peace. But here's what I believe is seldom considered and, and really important, a very important part. For you to keep verse 7, you know that peace that passes all understanding that sets up a guard around your heart and life in Christ Jesus? You must do verse 8. Whatever things are true, noble, just, lovely, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are well said, you need to think, meditate, mutter, yes, confess these things. Now, wait a minute here, Bill. Wait a minute, you say. Are you suggesting that if we begin to confess, you know, one of those positive confessions, all will be good and, and prosperity, the prosperity of the heavens will come raining down on us. No, 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 no. Paul isn't saying that, neither am I. Paul puts all this confession stuff into context in verse 11 of Philippians chapter 4. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned it in whatever state I'm in, to be content. Or how about verse 13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think we're all familiar with that verse. Now, with those couple verses setting things in a, a better context, the apostle wraps it all up in verse 19. Listen to this. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Paul's not offering some get-rich-quick scheme that'll manifest with the right confession. No, Paul's addressing anxiety. And to be sure we understand that, he provides a, a few more details going all the way back to verse 4. In fact, he makes it perfectly clear what he sees coming and, and what we should also see. In verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Then immediately, in verse 5, he makes it clear 
We can be filled with the joy because the coming of the Lord is at hand. That's shorthand for Jesus is coming. And without missing a beat, he's saying, it's a critical must that you be anxious for nothing in the times leading to his coming. You know, the wars and rumors of wars, because after all, Russia has invaded Ukraine, killing thousands. The world's economies, supply chains are stretched to the max, paving the way for rapid inflation not seen in the Western world in 40 years, and not to mention the fear of recession. And of course, there's, there's the deception Jesus addresses in Matthew chapter 24. Paul's well aware of all that. Lying voices, prophetic voices, ethnic group rising up against ethnic group, political crises, and the famines, ecological disturbances from earthquakes. And oh yes, there's the pestilences, covid with more to follow. And with all that, Jesus says, don't be troubled. This is just the beginning of the end of the age events that, that will cause massive anxiety throughout the world. Jesus actually says it with a little bit more pastoral calmness. All these things, he says, are just the beginning of sorrows. But he does add, they'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Paul even adds an exclamation mark in his solution for the anxiety problem. He told those anxious Philippian believers in verse 9, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul is putting his stamp of approval on getting radical with our requests. Paul's saying, if you fervently ask the Lord in prayer and supplication, if, you, if you'll indulge him, if you will seek him, ask him, a spiritual peace of a, a supernatural kind will chase you down and overtake you. And here's the key. If you want to remain anxiety-free and in and through the crisis to come, you better guard your mouth and tongue to keep your souls from troubles during a very troubling time. And to do that effectively and stay far from deception, and there'll be plenty of that, you must keep your mouth speaking, muttering out louder under your breath the promises of the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, the strategies and the prophetic insight. In short, the word of the Lord in and through you that will take you to the completion of your divine mandate that was decided in the heavens even before the foundation of the world, an end-time voice to bewildered Jews and Gentiles. You know, this reminds me of the parable Jesus taught his disciples back in uh, Luke chapter 18. The unjust judge. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. And in my words, they ought to always pray and be anxious for nothing. Jesus said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. Verse 4. For a while, he, the judge, he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice, so she'll not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear 
what the unrighteous judge said. And, and, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? Luke 18.8 I tell you, he'll give justice to them, and he'll give it speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Again, my words, when Jesus returns, will he find that kind of anxiety-free faith among those who know him and love him? A people of extraordinary spiritual character who are crying out day and night in prayer, intercession and travail with singers, instruments that will even give pause to the powers of the air walking in a supernatural tranquility and peace, continually confessing the goodness of God, His extraordinary promises of guidance, and the strategies to fulfill divine assignments as this age ends and a glorious age is about to break forth under the auspices of a Jewish Messiah. But you know, to put these stunning promises into divine action now, will require we do verse 6 of Philippians chapter 4, to be anxious for nothing and pray. So we might receive verse 7, the peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds. Then to keep that peace in all the coming chaos, we must do verse 8. Think and meditate on the things God sees true, honorable, pure, lovely, commendable, and if there's anything worthy of praise, say so. Speak on those things. Confess the promises of God. Declare his righteousness in the earth. Then Paul adds, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father, all your promises are yes and amen. You affirm through your Holy Spirit that we, we have everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who's called us by his glory and virtue. Lord, you, you make it very clear. We can begin to clear our minds of all the anxiety that's overtaking the earth and walk in a peace that passes all understanding. Father, we declare before you now that, that in your grace and strength, we'll begin to put energy into our prayer lives to outwardly speak your word, your promises, make divinely ordained declarations to the powers of the air that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word, the word, the spoken word of our testimony. Father, we thank you that we can enter the coming season with a tranquil spirit and, and confidence that all things will work together for good because we love you and we're called according to your purpose. And we ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And to that, we can only add one thing. Maranatha. I'm Bill Nordstrom. <laughs>